Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As we, the people, descend into vulgarity and violence, we're losing our seat at the table. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And it is Saturday. Tomorrow is Sunday, Father's Day. And I always like to uh, go a little deeper on Father's Day, which uh, I always want to go a little deeper. But I like to remember not just our fathers. I like to remember my father. I like to honor my husband. But I like to recognize that there are people in our lives and in our history who are really fathers to us. So there are priests in my family. I like to remember the priests. I like to remember bachelor uncles. And I like uh, the... I like to remember the guys in our history, the young, young soldiers who I always think specifically about Normandy, who died on the beaches of Normandy. And I think about them because, uh, you know, they didn't have a chance to be fathers, but, and I am always an advocate for, or a, a harsh critic of any kind of unjust war. I always scrutinize wars closely. But these young men who go out and fight in their idealistic way, they do do it for our future as, you know, a father would do. And and oftentimes they don't live to have their own progeny, which is a real tragedy because you have these the strongest, the healthiest, the bravest, the best who die without issue. And and if you look at the extreme like in China, the Great Leap Forward, 100 million people died. Many of them were those who would not kowtow to communism and actually had a profound effect on the society. So losing the best of us has a real effect, but also just as individuals, there's nobody there with that picture on the mantle that says, that was dad, that was grandpa, let's remember his sacrifice. So I try to remember those guys um, and I know that's a sobering thought, perhaps better for Memorial Day. I remember them also on Memorial Day, but I like to remember them on Father's Day. And uh, and to counteract perhaps the sobering element, I do want you to have a good time. And I have a, uh, on holidays, I try to post a, a, a craft cocktail. I love to make craft cocktails. So I picked a craft cocktail for Father's Day. I kind of improve upon them. It's a saladito. It's a mezcal-based, smoky, spicy, kind of masculine drink. You can toast those uh, boys who are our uh, our national fathers and our own fathers. That's something you can find on my website, prop- propagandareportdaily.com. So that, I hope you have a great weekend. For the week, though, we've got some, of course, always this heightened, emotional, uh, you know, negativity in the news. Of course, it's never going to be positive. I'll have to figure that out someday too. It's always the negative stuff that gets our attention. But this week, the the sensational news was the shooting at the congressional baseball practice, and 
I that it was weird because I had just I had already started the day before a post that I wanted to write of a trend that I had noticed. Not your it, it, I had noticed this trend a long time ago. This vulgarity. I actually flagged it when I heard Vicente Fox use vulgarity against Trump in a live broadcast, or I heard the reports of it. And that was some months after the Megyn Kelly thing where uh, Trump said she was bleeding out her whatever, which he had also said about Chris Wallace in that same interview, but nobody picked up on it. They just emphasized this really, uh, you know, vulgar interpretation of it, which I thought was kind of groundbreaking in the mainstream media, as was the Vicente Fox thing. I flagged it at the time, and then shortly thereafter, CNN quoted, without bleeping it out, a couple of profanities. The Wall Street Journal published, similarly, a quote with a gratuitous profanity in it, without comment. And and I just I noticed that this was a, a major shift in how... The media was incorporating and the politicians and stuff were were accessing profanity. And I flagged it, tweeted about it. Then it was only months after that, uh, maybe even a year after that, that Tom Perez, the DNC chair, came out and used profanity. Senator Gillibrand, this you know, uh, upstanding woman, should be a, 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 uh, a respectable figure, was addressing a, a, an audience and used profanity profanity towards trump and then commented uh oh i'm told you're a young crowd so that's okay there were so many things wrong with that and that she doesn't understand that it's that's the reason it's not okay and that she should not you know who was she talking to ahead of time that she has like planned this out so it all all smacked of planning and uh but i also thought it was going to escalate i saw that jan forte a congress congressional race where he pushed or supposedly pushed a journalist. And then I uh, noticed that there was an episode in Texas where legislators uh, shoved each other or something like that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, everything clicked into place for me. It reminded me of a scene I had seen out of the Ukraine parliament where the guys actually went to blows, actually had a brawl in parliament. And I remember thinking, wow, they really take their politics seriously. Only to snap out of it and say, actually, that's not taking your politics seriously. That by allowing this descent into, you know, what I call animalizing us, this animal uh, element, they're actually neutering our ability to participate. And I saw it as an extension or like a major kind of once a century escalation of what I saw from a hundred years ago, this, this, um, John Dewey was a kind of a philosopher and, and um, educational thinker a hundred years ago took out out of classical education. Classical education was grammar where you learn stuff, logic where you develop critical thinking. And then the third step, which is now gone for us, it's still in the elite schools in D.C., but it's gone for public education and, you know, Catholic diocesan education is that third stage, that high school stage where you learn rhetoric, where you learn persuasion, where you learn really what in the Roman times was called the liberal arts because they had Greek slaves, smart Greek slaves who were like their accountants and stuff, but they weren't allowed to learn these ways of persuasion. They weren't allowed to learn civics. They didn't want them to uh, get unruly and want to say in government. So they, they excise that kind of 
they made sure that the slaves didn't get the liberal arts. And that's what I feel like that the change in education was. And I feel like this, and it has dumbed us down. There are books written about it, dumbing us down, uh, the deliberate dumbing down of America. And it's been very effective. We lose the ability to really understand the critical analysis of the policy debates. But this, like, descent into emotionalism, into these base instincts, uh, there are so many negative implications of that for a representative government like we have that we are really, I think, losing our seat at the table because of that. Uh, So I, I saw the pattern. I also see another thing where they everybody on the left is blaming everybody on the right, or I shouldn't say everybody, but the left, there's... I knew, I saw as this thing emerged that Trump would be blamed as having lowered the bar of civil discourse. So, of course, the left does blame Trump, but the right blames the left for rioting at universities. And now the shooting came from the left against Republicans. So both sides get to blame the other. I, of course, think, you know, if you know my show, you know, I think it's a plot, you know, from the very highest levels that they are trying to shape society to be more controlled or, or less accessible by the people. Maybe it's an answer to big new Brzezinski's crisis of democracy that I've talked about. But I want to know what you think. What do you think? Uh, is it from the left? Is it from the right? Who do you blame for this? Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And uh, my Twitter handle is at Monica Perez Show. You can tweet me. My producer Binkley is here. Do we have time for a couple of tweets there, Binkley? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah, we we have time for a tweet. Yep, go. AES says it's both the left and the right's fault. The U.S. is now a fascist country where you are forced to elect the lesser of two evils. Well, that does play into that's a that's a big one. That's a big thought for a minute left. Um, that plays into this idea that you're always fighting. Um, you're just voting for what you don't want. Actually, there's a lot to that. And so I'm going to wait till after the break and then we can get into uh, how I think this is playing into what our right into D.C.'s hands. Right into DC's hands. A lot of implications. Let's get to that after the break. 404 872 1-800-WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We uh, are talking about the, the broader implications of our descent into vulgarity and violence. It's 85 degrees outside of the studio at 10 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and you can call me at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Andy and Tucker. Hi, Andy. You're on with Monica. Hi there. Uh, okay, so you were talking at the beginning about it was about the wars, and then that triggered me to want to call, but now the topic the topic being the, uh, the left versus right, right before yep. the break. I think yeah. Yeah, that uh, my mom, for example, will get on Facebook. She's she's no longer. I, I removed her, unfriended her, or whatever. But uh, she'll get on there and uh, put these, just like infantile. She's about sixty five now, and she'll put on these like infantile, <clears throat> you know, about Trump, like resist Trump, and basically that's the theme there. Yeah. And 
people of, on the other of the other mindset, the opposing mindset, are trying to react to that using logic and everything, <laughs> and 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 then and then based on that, then the uh, the uh, uh, the leftist, if you will, person then gets more bent out of shape, and it seems to encourage even more outrageous and uh, infantile behavior. So basically, I think it's 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 not about coherent political thinking. It's just about people's approach toward living. You know. Do you think that the left or the right is more? Are you saying that the anti-Trump faction is more incoherent and infantile? That in your observation. Uh, it seems to be the case. Yeah, which would kind of, uh, this is the thing, is that I think Trump was the, now I'm really down the rabbit hole, so I think Trump was the establishment answer to the Tea Party and the Liberty Movement and the really rational, idealistic stuff, and it disappointed me when he would say just rude things, insulting people, and and his supporters would kind of misinterpret that as just being un-PC, a breath of fresh air. I get that. I don't like the PC stuff. It really stifles uh, discussion, but right. I feel like Trump, as the hero of that rational right, it really does them a disservice. Like he makes, you know, it's a little bit deep, but I feel like I, I, I it's maybe subtle, but I feel like the establishment wanted to get rid of this resurgent, idealistic, super American founding grassroots movement that was coming up on the right. And so they themselves allowed Trump to kind of cheapen it. I wish I could give you a chance to answer, but I have to go to a break. I'm super sorry, Andy. Um, but anyone is welcome to respond to that. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. More calls after the break, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. We are talking about uh, the congressional baseball practice shooting, which is the kind of punctuation mark, the climax of this descent into vulgarity and violence that I watched, anticipated, talked about, flagged. Um, So to me, this is part of a pattern. I do not think that it is organic, that it emerged from our state of agitation i think that it's uh been we were deliberately directed to go this way um from the top but i i feel like one thing i said maybe a year ago maybe it's in january that one of the one of my what to watch out for for 2017 i think it was 2017 was for attacks on the first amendment And the First Amendment, there's a lot in the First Amendment, including free speech. So I look at uh, when they talk about, well, we we have to control extremism. They started with radical Islam, but they're going to go to radical politics, too. And you're going to see a lot of censorship in social media. If they can't get you that way, I think that, like, the Bill Cosby, um, they put Bill Cosby on trial, regardless of the crimes he committed. Because Michael Jackson committed, you know, supposedly committed crimes, too. But Bill Cosby used his position of power and exercised his free speech to to say things that were against the narrative. And there are many other examples of that, where your free speech, uh, you know, exercising your free speech, they can't put you in jail for that, but they can find other things. But this congressional shooting, and I also, I, I feel like that, one of the things in the First Amendment that that will be used to 
attack or curtail is our right to petition and assemble the government. And not only is our emotionalism that we're being agitated towards neutralizing our ability to be effective in the political arena, I think the actual mechanisms, this stuff will be used as an excuse to to legally close down or, you know, to use policy to close down some of these mechanisms. So I worry about that. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of blame going back and forth. I worry a little bit about that, too, like why um, maybe it's just they are trying to blame the other side, keep making it a left-right, you know, us versus us instead of us versus them theme. That worries me. Uh, I am curious to know what you think is behind this, what the implications are. It's uh, it's a really important event. Not, you know, I usually I dismiss a lot of stuff as false flags, but regardless of the origin of this event, I think it has really serious implications for our uh, ability to have a representative government. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, my producer is here. I, I know you read a tweet earlier that I kind of didn't have time to answer because we came up against a break. Would you mind rereading that tweet? Yeah, AES tweeted that both sides are responsible. The U.S. is now a fascist country where you are forced to elect the lesser of two evils. Okay, so uh, I do I do feel like we are this this awful nexus of you know, a combination of fascism and socialism. I won't get into the ideology, but this idea of being concerned about like what you hate or the lesser of two evils. I think that's what it's gone down to. It's only it, it it's all comes from hate. And there was a, a, an article I read from the Hill where Roger Williams, a representative from Texas who sprained his ankle during this shooting event said, uh, it, what we're saying is, if you're for it, I'm against it. That doesn't work. Uh, uh, not all the people here, but just around the country, say, if President Trump is for it, then I'm against it. If President Obama is for it, I'm against it. Uh, I mean, let's take a look at the situation. That's the way we live our lives. And that is true. And I invented a, an expression called... Uh, the perverse law of democracy in that you get the opposite kind of of what you what you want that if your guy you get so emotional about it that if your guy wants something tells you to like it you'll do it just out of hatred for the other side and that's the way that you get kind of the opposite of what you wanted so obama dropped 20,000 bombs on syria because he silenced the anti-war left and i feel like we're going to get a trillion dollar infrastructure program that we don't need or want and increase the debt by a trillion dollars because uh, the republican trump is advocating for that whereas if a democrat did it it would be dead in the water and uh and that's how i feel like this emotionalism this extreme partisanship isn't really ideological partisanship. It's personality partisanship. And and we are, you know, that's just another way we're losing our grip on this being a representative government. That's a lot. So hopefully as we discuss this stuff going through the show, we can tease out the nuances and you're going to help me with that. Here's my number, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK and also uh, Twitter at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Joan in Atlanta. Joan, you are on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I'm just going to try and make this short because I don't have time to really elaborate. But I do uh, believe, I mean, I do agree with you. 
Um, I just think it, it's a part of uh, the the rule and, and where it's going. Because if you study all the countries, societies that gave in to socialism, totalitarian rule, they always undermine any of the citizens who have patriotism, religion, political views, you know, and they pit you against each other. And it's the people who lose all objectivity. And they often will, will, will party against party, this group against that group. And it's the dumbing down that helps make them uh, more effective in this area with many of our citizens. This is just what I think. And it's the propaganda that people look into. Because it, we have so much uh, access to information, there's no reason why the average American shouldn't know about the history of socialism and all of that. And the manipulation that leads to what we see is, is them to hate our society, to hate each other, so that, again, they can create order out of chaos. And that's why you see the destruction of civility with the vulgarity. And uh, it, it, it's just playing it out, playing itself out before us. Joan, that was awesome. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to... Uh, you did not make it simpler for us, but you did make it more um, nuanced. You br- bring out some of the deeper thoughts there, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I, one of the things that you are talking about, Binkley and I do a podcast on PropagandaReportDaily.com, and we were talking about this this week on our podcast, about how the emotionalism keeps us from being able to employ critical thinking. So the emotionalism does that. What I talked about in the first half hour of the show today, uh, this deliberate dumbing down, the actual keeping us from understanding how to reason, from recognizing logical fallacies. And something I think you might be touching on a little bit, Joan, is uh, that that another thing, not just being in a heightened sense of emotionalism, the propaganda, the tone, but this idea of crowds and power, which which in the beginning of your call, you were touching on like this me- methods of fascism and socialism. Similarly, I'm sure, but you saw it a lot with like it's highlighted with Hitler that his ability to manipulate a crowd that and and that crowds actually keep you from being able to reason. So Binkley sent me a book uh, by Gustave Le Bon called The Power... What is it called, Binkley? Power of Crowds. Power Psychology. of Crowds, yeah. Yeah. So, and it talks about how you cannot... Like, there. this was from 100 years ago, and there's studies done since then, and there are other books like this, where you simply... You, you, it's how you get people to kill each other in mobs, you know, to beat up somebody. Stuff that you would never do on your own. That even just stepping back from the situation, you can't believe you did it. You get caught up in a mob and uh, you are are influenced by I don't even know if you want to call it group think because there's not much thinking but uh, Herd mentality. Herd mentality exactly. Thank you. That's And that's a very powerful you know, that is part of what's going on here. But I think there are a lot of psychological factors going into this, a lot of actual um, different tactics being used, and I think they're going to make a lot out of it agenda-wise, from censorship to control to police state to totalitarianism to just ticking off each of the Bill of Rights one after the other. And the Bill of Rights, every one of them, if you look, is about restraining government. So it's all about... So so if we go out and uh, if people on the right 
look at this and are willing to accept curtailment of the rights because they're afraid of the left, these crazy shooter at the congressional, whatever. It's the right that really suffers the most because the left, the nature of it embraces and respects big government. They trust it. The right does not. So the Bill of Rights in restraint of government is really an individualistic American traditional conservative idea the people on the right are the ones who need those rights the most maybe so i'm going to get some pushback on that that's okay but don't fall for it when when it comes at the right from the left i think that's a trap for the right so we are way i don't i don't know if this is an onion peeled or a rabbit hole i don't know but i'm going to try to get out of it for a second and talk to dave and tucker hi dave you are on with monica hi as you mentioned uh, in your previous shows, you don't really have that big of a historical background, uh, but just to give you one little... Emphasis, I would, let me just say I am a autodidact. I do not have formal historical training, but I'm interested in what you have to say. Well, just uh, uh, to touch on one uh, case of vulgarity in uh, civil and political discourse, when Andrew Jackson was running for president, uh, his wife, he, there was a Mexican divorce involved because divorce was much more restricted back then than it is now. And his opponents basically called him a bigamist and his wife a prostitute. So uh, I think what we're really looking at is when mass media, other than newspapers, broke out uh, in starting in the 20s and 30s, we started having government regulation, and it lasted roughly from the 30s through the 60s, the Hayes Commission in particular, uh, controlling uh, American film production. Uh, and we also had regulations for radio and television standards and whatnot. And I think that's what we're looking back at is those days as the more civil discourse, and we're actually reverting to what traditionally it is, which is a rather vulgar, lowest common denominator exchange of emotionalism um, because what we had was um, kind of an artificial civility that was enforced. And and uh, between the Democrats and the Republicans, depending on who it was, took off those regulations. And now the extremists, due to mass media, the loudest and most uh, absurd people are getting the most attention. They That's very interesting. And I'll say, when you look back at our founding tradition, when we do Liberty on the Rocks, and we talk about how these guys would pound the table in the tavern and fight for their rights, that was part of this, you know, heated political discourse. And I do believe, I don't, I don't know, I understand the idea of, of censorship and morality laws and that kind of thing. I don't know w- w- what kind of impact that had on political discourse i would think it would allow for political discourse to stay more focused on content but i feel like the new censorship laws that are coming down won't be about morality and profanity and stuff they're going to be about content which is why they call extremist ideas radical ideas terrorism these are all they're all ideological and you'll hear that over and over again it's the ideas it's the ideas that are the problems it's the ideology that's super scary when they're focusing on the ideas because it's the ideas that we need to not censor uh gotta take a break be back um if you're on 
a hold. I will get to your calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 88 is the high today. 71 the low overnight. We're talking about... Uh, our descent into vulgarity and violence. I'm going to Alan and Marietta. Alan, you are on with Monica. Hi there. Hi. I think this all, all comes down to people not learning how to behave or taught to behave when they were kids. It's, it's just nothing more than adults having a tantrum tantrum. And, you know, if you'd taken care of this at a young age, you really wouldn't have this. I had a nephew come over one time with his mom, and he threw a tantrum tantrum because he wanted dessert before dinner. And he tries to, well, just give him a piece. I said, I got a better idea. I took dessert, threw it in the trash can while he stood there. And I said, if you keep acting badly, you won't even eat tonight. It was amazing the change it made in him. He no longer threw tantrum tantrums at my house. You know what I noticed, I observed, is uh, uh, correlated with that. I found that when when both parents work a lot, and don't have a lot of this whole idea of like quality co- time versus quantity time. They go hunker down to have this quality time with their kids. And what they end up doing actually, in my observation, is spoiling them sometimes. And then you have, you know, no pushback, no uh, tough love. And I always, I always say to my kids, when you grow up, you might hate me, but you're not going to hate you. And that's where I think the that that discipline, it's a sacrifice you have to make to discipline your kids that way and demand behavior. But it's you have to do it. I think there's something to that, Alan. Thank you. I've got some great calls coming up. Please hang on. Uh, James think, thinks this congressional thing might have been a false flag. Let's see. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.